I want to win again for sure, but like my next goal is, is Bathurst. Now that uh, emphasis on that raises and I need to try and get that done. When I first took over the team at the end of 2012, beginning of 2013, uh, weren't especially rosy, but we managed to win a, a race with Chaz Mostert that year in, in July and I thought, gee, this caper's bloody easy. Hey, I'm David Reynolds from Penrite Racing and this is Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars. Craig Ravel and Tony Whitlock. It's our post-Bathurst 2019 perspective on this year's race. Quite an amazing race, Craig. It uh, was wonderfully gripping. Not right from the start, well, the opening lap was, and then we waited 100 laps for the race to really begin. It was amazing, wasn't it? It had so many different swings and roundabouts, and with that big, prolonged green flag period where you just thought, this is everything that everyone feared. It was going to be an absolute domination. But, of course, drivers started to make mistakes, and that's when strategies and all sorts of uh, permutations came into, uh, into play. One point that an engineer made to me, I won't drop the engineer, but there seems to have been a change, and uh, that person called it the Jamie Wing Cup rule, in how the safety car was deployed. It was deployed with its green lights on until it had picked up the leader, until it knew it would pick up the leader, which is different to previous their previous experience. So uh, that was a little aside. And, uh, yeah, they did, they did say that, yeah, the, car, the safety car was now being deployed with green lights on. Well, we've never had an explanation really properly after a Pukukoi mess up, but uh, so that's interesting in itself. This week's show, of course, has got lots of interesting things in it, one of which, of course, is Scotty, McLaughlin, Alex Premier and Ludo Lacroix after the break. But um, also is uh, Alex Rossi, pre-race. Unfortunately, we didn't get to him post-race because they were heading back to America. We also, you had a chance to speak to a couple of the engineers from Walkinshaw and Andretti United. Well, in fact, from Andretti Autosport in the United States. IndyCar mechanics, Jason and George, fascinating, interest in the uh, series and they're very glad to be here so that's in itself uh, interesting as well um the race was uh, fascinating because you had one safety car there 100 laps then it seemed like safety cars were being on a put on a permanent flick through and uh, it was only the really the last 40 laps that the race sort of became this very tense moment with one last safety car meaning that we had a one lap dash and it really, that safety car was running so slowly just to try and give them the one-lap dash too. Uh, I think the safety car's lap times would show that uh, that safety car was particularly slow. Yeah. So after the break, we'll go straight to Scotty McLaughlin, Alex Premat, and Ludo Lacroix. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we're able to beat the two lovers to the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Begley in the final, which uh, we were able to up, um, take the win off him. So, it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptor family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Scott McLaughlin, Bathurst Victor. Yeah. Does it sound 
Uh, like you thought it would. Oh, it's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, it's just a very proud moment for a, a hard-working team. Um, for me, as a, as a career, it's the, it's the final checkbox for me in supercars. But, um, you know, I've got still a lot more to achieve. What was it like? Very unlikely that the championship was on the line this weekend. Yeah. Did you have a different mindset? Were you able yeah. to relax more? Or? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was just about attack. And, yeah, it's cool. Uh, yeah, I was Looking just, at the uh, yeah, Peter Brock it's, trophy, it's the, the replica. The mini one. So I can't believe we got one already. But um, <laughs> we get one of those each. Very cool. But, um, no, look, it's, uh, yeah, very unreal that uh, we've been able to have a crack and, 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 and get this done. I've... The championship was out of our mind this weekend. We went and had a crack. I think you just got to look at my shootout lap yesterday. I had a fair dip, you know, and um, you know, I'm just proud to hold on. And to do it with Alex, you have such a special bond. Yeah, we do, and, and we've, we've got along for a number of years from when I was, you know, no one to, to now someone. And, um, you know, we've gone through some hardships. There's been some ups and downs throughout our, our, uh, our careers, and especially in supercars, but, um, oh, geez, so excited. And then it's like a third musketeer was here this weekend with Jack Riol. Yeah, he's hanging out. He loves hanging out at the big events. But, no, he's a great guy, someone that um, you know, I went down and watched the grand final with, and, and he was so amazing. And for him to come and watch me as a mate at Bathurst at my grand final and win, uh, something we'll never forget. He had two weeks of solid drinking uh, at the end of his grand final. You don't get that luxury. No, I don't, but I could. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to have a few drinks the next couple of days, that's for sure. And then it switches all back on again. It does, yeah. It's, it can't be too hard, but uh, yeah, I'm going to enjoy this one for sure. Fantastic. Congratulations. Thanks, Craig. Appreciate it. Well, Alex Premer, the party is uh, really starting now in DJR Team Petsky. Yeah, well, I mean, it's been yeah, it's such a great day, and now the start of the party will start soon, yeah, for sure. What's it been like this, this year at Bathurst with the new Mustang having been so dominant? How... Do you get into a mindset of just block out all the other noise and do your job? Yeah, exactly. I mean, there was like so so many uh, expectations from the team, from Roger, from Dick, from, from the whole team, from Ryan. And uh, I think yeah, we've been working really hard yeah, since the beginning of the year. I mean, I know that I was not here for the whole co-driver session yeah, during the season, but I think it's not really worth it yeah, to come on the session. And I mean, like all the, all the, I mean, all the drivers or even the journalists, yeah, they were saying, oh, Alex is... He's driving not much, he's driving not much, but honestly, I think yeah, they give me like more stronger because I know I can deliver the job. I mean, I'm not like a co-driver, like coming just for, I mean, an Australian driver who just drive uh, sometimes and, and go around battles. I mean, I, I have a, a good, uh, a good uh, resume. I mean, it's, it's huge. I mean, not all of them of those drivers here yeah, drove like Formula One DTM sport car, so I have a lot, a lot of knowledge, background, and... I believe in me, I'm very strong, yeah, so that's why I came like very strong, and yeah, I delivered the job, Scott did, the team also, so that's why we win battles, but for sure the, the Mustang was fast, but yeah, when you look at the, at the things, yeah, I mean, even Winkup and, uh, and Shane Van Gisbergen, they were still really fast, even with, the, with that balance of performance, so there was not uh, easy to win that race, especially the last uh, 60 laps, there was like a lot of uh, uh, change, uh, position and, and strategy about the fuel strategy, all of that, yeah, from a lot of safety cars, but yeah, it paid out that yeah, we won the race, so that's amazing. Do you feel disrespected when the journalists go out saying, oh, Alex Alex might be the weak link or Alex is the least yes. experienced? Yes, I do, yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. This is a good way of saying, get yeah, back yeah. in your box. I mean, if you look, yeah, when I came back uh, 2016 in Eight. I deliver. I won the, the championship with Shane. After that, I went with Scott. I mean, 
I mean, we, I mean, actually, we won a race in Gold Coast, and yeah, I mean, we couldn't win Battersea because we had an issue the year after last year. Uh, we could have win, won it also, but we did like few mistakes yeah, uh, at Battersea. But yeah, we finished second in the Peartech. So, I mean, if you look, I'm sure the last four years in the co-drivers, I don't want to say because I don't have a big ego, you know. So I don't want to say I'm the best co-drivers, but it seems that I'm on the top three for sure. So sometimes, yeah, for sure, I feel uh, kind of disrespect from journalists or from people from the Supercar because actually I get much more news than everyone else, I would say, on the Supercar Speed Cafe. And honestly, it makes me stronger. So just continue like this. Yeah. It's, it's honest to say that this organization wouldn't have a weak link. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. Uh, of course, yeah. I mean, all the drivers, yeah, TD, uh, Fabian, yeah, Scott, yeah, we've been driving good. I mean, after that, yeah, there's always uh, some uh, weird kind of situation. But, yeah, I mean, we have four good, good drivers and, yeah. As a co-driver, there's always that thing in your mind, I imagine, when you're coming in and it's part of a championship. With Scott having such a dominant season, has that meant that you can, you can actually be a bit more risque? You know, I have a set mind uh, for those races that... I just have yeah. to bring the car back yeah, to, to the pit yeah, to, to give to Scotty and try to win after that. But, I mean, like I say, all the co-drivers' uh, practice session or races or whatever, didn't for now, I didn't touch one wall. So, I mean, I can deliver much, much, much more. I think I could go much faster, but I just don't want to yeah, because this is not my job. Yeah. It's always a pleasure to speak to you and to see you again. All the best for the next two races. Thank you very much, yeah. Luda Lacroix, congratulations. What does this victory feel like to you? Oh, it's a good achievement uh, for my big boss, you know. Uh, they have been chasing um, since 2015. Uh, we came on board, uh, Scotty and myself, in 17, and we were, when we were very unlucky in 17. 18, we didn't have the pace, and 19, we had the pace, and we delivered. So, yeah, it's a, it's a great achievement. I'm not a big, massive lover of Bathurst, but... I love Bathurst as a track, I love Bathurst as an engineer and, and designing the race cars. The race in itself with our single boom and, and all the alea and all the luck, I don't like it. I don't, I don't play luck. I'm not a poker man. <laughs> I, I'm a scientist. Well, I'll ask you, in the, in the eyes of the victory, now that we've got a grid size that's 26, should we go to one boom, one car at Bathurst? I'd love to. Uh, can we? I'm not sure. Uh, because that means pit equipment, that means people. I'm, I'm not sure. But I, I think we can't uh, as, as, as to afford unless we simplify the boom, unless we simplify the pit equipment and everything, everything become a bit more generic and not expensive. The team can't afford to have two, uh, two crew uh, with pit equipment which is expensive. But it will definitely make. It's either that or blocking pit lane before safety car or during safety car, which then means that people pit early. It's, it's a difficult. It's definitely difficult. But with a small, I, I agree with you, with a small grid size, maybe there's a way that we can park more and, and try to have, a, with some small, simple gear, have people being serviced uh, each, each in their bed. I noticed you 
at the victory dice. The, the team was down right around the car and you were standing back just absorbing it. How, you know, what was your moment of reflection? Oh, I'm, I'm just, I, I look at the team, uh, it's part of my family uh, the last three years and I've invested some time and, and, and passion. Uh, so I look at them, how they are. I've been there for a long time now. So I probably don't need that sort of, uh, you know, electric uh, atmosphere. I can see it from the back and, and notice this and that. And I just let them enjoy, you know. Uh, for me, it's a great achievement. I'm, I'm just very happy to have been part with Scotty, with Ryan, to, to bring that thing back from 2013, basically, uh, you know, the very bottom to, to where it is now. And how do you keep this type of level of performance? Rewarding people? No. Nope. Promoting. Oh, uh, yeah. it's, promoting. It's, our business is a people business. If you don't understand that, go to do another business. People business means my engineer, uh, which is doing all my data, all my fuel, for the last two years, we've made him into a race engineer. So next year, he will be our race engineer for Scotty. He's been working very hard, he's been good, and etc. And, and that's what you do. You promote the good guys from the team, and you reward them and push them forward and, and bring, bring them up rather than push on them down. Uh, so you, you're not trying to make you shinier, you make them better. And that's, 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 that's what... You, that's how you keep that level. And then sometimes you get a couple of people from the outside because it opens your eyes. And that's what Roland is doing with uh, Jeremy. It's going to open their eyes because he's coming back with a different uh, attitude and vision. Now, you are a proud Frenchman to have Alex. Well, I guess you're Australian now, but your heritage is heritage. To have Alex in the I'm team. Both. Only the second international to win and the first Frenchman. It's great, it's great, it's great, and um, it's even more great that I've actually pushed very hard to try to get him in, and uh, because he was in a very good team uh, with Gizzi, which is a friend of him, uh, and to try to attract him away and say, look, you're going to go with Scotty, which is your mate too, and with me, it was a, a difficult decision, he was always, you know, sort of challenging that decision, and we made it across, and I think uh, between Tim Sandrick, myself, and Ryan, we worked very hard at, so, at selling that's going to be the team to win battles for you. And it's done. So I'm a, I'm a double winner because I promised something to somebody, which I like, he's a good guy, and I delivered it. You know, so that's what I call double winner. When you promise something and deliver, it's twice. I have just spoken to Alex about the media coverage of him coming to the team. And I said to him, did he feel disrespected? Have you been surprised that people haven't had the same image of Alex as you have? Oh, I'm not too sure if there's disrespect. Driver, yes, the punter can be harsh, uh, but driver have got to find their way. Uh, they've got 15 years or 20 years uh, of earning, mm -hmm. and uh, if it's good for him to go somewhere else, he should go there. And uh, it's a different brand, it's a different team. That's part of life. He was at GRM, he went to Red Bull, then he's gone to DGR. That's part of life. We, we should accept that, I think. We should be a bit less uh, now, uncompromising. I, I was talking about whenever the media was talking about, oh, here's the pairing. We've got, we've got Garth and Shane. Yes. We've got Craig and Jamie. Oh, and saying oh, Alex is probably not as good. Well, Which, it's, it's disrespectful. I don't know if it's disrespectful. 
but he's making a mistake on his talent. We know his talents, and if we give him enough time in the car, he's as quick as Garth, he's as quick as uh, Lanzi. And actually, he overtook Lanzi today. Not, not to say he's better than Lanzi, I'm just saying today he overtook Lanzi. And, uh, you know, uh, so as a co driver, I rate him in the top three, uh, and I'm, I'm happy with that. Ludo, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. We don't get to do that too often, but uh, this mousetrap that you've got is superb. Yeah, it's a good, yeah, it's a good team. It's not a mousetrap, it's actually a team. The team is building a mousetrap, so we have a good team, we have a good team owner, uh, and he's giving us uh, a lot of reward and, 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 and of his passion to help us going forward. So, you know, I've, I've never had somebody like Roger Penske uh, helping us uh, doing what we're doing. It's been a fascinating race. And beforehand, I got the opportunity to talk with Alex Rossi, giving us a, his view as an American IndyCar driver, one of very few in the world. He's one of only 10 men who, in fact, of the 3,500 drivers at IndyCar, who's won for, as a rookie. Quite an extraordinary achievement. Anyway, his views on uh, driving around our track here at Bathurst. Also, in this, uh, after the break, we'll be coming back with Phil Mundy who gives us our views on the way in which he, as a team owner, is now coping with the changing faces of the category. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. This year in Formula 3, I think, is a fantastic environment for me to be doing that. However, I believe for myself, uh, a sustainable career in tin tops such as BS Supercars in Australia is where I see myself. Second crack at the Australian time since we've been back, and we're unlucky the first time that we end up with a win there at Speedway City uh, two weeks ago. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Join in the conversation, post your thoughts on our Facebook page and to ask a question, email insiders at sportradio.com.au. Welcome to Inside Supercars. I'm with Alex Rossi. It's the morning of Friday for the fourth practice session. Alex, you're not going out in this session? No. 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 This is James' session? Correct, yeah. Okay. It's funny how they assign sessions to drivers. Well, yeah, the history is that um, the... Uh, the lunchtime drivers that used to be known as uh, James, lunchtime drivers never got much practice. No, you don't need. You'll be fine. The car's good. You don't know. Worry about it. You know. Yeah. No. I think we both need all of the yeah. sessions. Yeah, we, they exactly. should have made an exception. Look, <laughs> two cars running at all yeah. The yeah. Look. I mean, I will piss in your pocket big time. It's an Australian expression. I suppose you understand what it means. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I think you've done remarkably well, both of you, in getting out of sort of, uh, you know, three seconds off the fastest guy ever lap around here. Okay. Um, we don't feel like it's a very good job, but... Well, okay, we'll, that's we'll fine. I mean, yeah. you're competitive dra- race drivers, sure. and, and you race to go and butter a sandwich or sure, <laughs> sure. all those things. So exactly. I'm, no, no doubt at all you don't feel it's a good job, but yeah. uh, the reality is, you know, on a lap, then, okay, there's 17 guys who are within a second. Yeah. 17. Yeah, okay. yeah. And they've been coming here for some of many, many years. For sure. I think the biggest issue for us is, is really not necessarily the track. I mean, the track's obviously very challenging, it's but we just don't know the car. So oh, we don't, no, know, we don't know the limit of what okay. you can get away with. Let's just talk briefly about what you've done. Sure. I mean, the, the biggest stat I rather like about your career is you're one of 10 men yeah. out of close to maybe 4,000, but there's at least 3,500 who won on the debut at Indy 500. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's wild to think about. Um, I hadn't heard that stat before, so it's obviously very uh, cool. 
to, yeah. to be in that group of 10, I guess, but ultimately... Well, Graham Hill and Montoya, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, you know, as a racing driver and as a competitive person, all you think about is more, right? Yeah. And the next one and, and how you're going to go out and achieve and accomplish that. Yeah, indeed. So um, you raced in GP2, GP3. Uh, what else in Europe did you do? Oh boy, so uh, I came over initially in 2009 and raced in Formula Master, which then became GP3 in 2010. Yep. And then uh, 2011 and 12 was uh, World Series by Renault, yep. Renault 3.5. And then 13 and 15 was GP2. Um, 14 was kind of a weird year, it wasn't really anything. Um, and then, yeah, uh, made my Formula 1 debut at the end of 2015 and did five races uh, with, with Manor F1. And uh, that was kind of my, my stint in Europe. It was, it was long um, and, and drove a lot of cars for a lot of teams and, and drove for, for three different F1 teams in my time over here. And, uh, yeah, it was, um, it was obviously a, a really good experience. You've got a pretty good alumni of blokes who went, and, okay, they won world championships like Phil Hill or Dan Gurney, right. but, you know, there are lots of other guys. Um, Rick Mears had a try. Yeah. Um, I mean, Michael, Mario, yeah, Scott yeah. Speed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a couple guys. It's not very many, but it's a couple. No, guys. no, indeed not. Where are you from originally? California. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Speed uh, Speed Central there sort of thing. For sure, yeah. What did you start, karting? Uh, I started in karting. And went, actually, kind of late, um, I guess, in, in the big scheme of things. I was uh, 10 years old. Um, and I didn't come from a racing family, so like it was, it was kind of strange that I ended up being. You got a, a name like a racing driver. That's, that's true. Uh, but my dad never. My dad was a was a landscape contractor. Like ah. he, he had nothing to do with motorsports, and he was kind of just a fan of it. And um, for my birthday, he took me to a go kart school in Las Vegas, and it was supposed to be just like a birthday gift, like once in a lifetime opportunity yeah. type of thing. And uh, at the end of the, the course, the, the instructor was like, he's actually, he's okay. You should look at getting him into go-karting. And my so dad was you, like, you're just trying to sell me a go-kart. Like, whatever. <laughs> Your dad was a fuse, though. Yeah, he, it, was all, it was all from my dad, the, yeah. the interest in, in racing, for sure. Okay, all right. So then uh, you get to IndyCars, and uh, you made your mark pretty early in the piece. So I think you were qualifying pretty well early on. Yeah, no, I mean, I think for a rookie, we qualified 11th. Uh, I had never been on a super speedway before. I think we were actually fairly competitive, um, kind of in the grand scheme of things. Uh, we never expected to win. Like we weren't going into it with the intention of, of thinking that was possible. Um, and the goal was to kind of just like finish your first 500 mile race and get it under your belt and don't make any mistakes. And uh, it ended up obviously becoming a lot more than that um, through uh, a pretty wild race for us with with some problems and pit stops. And then we were kind of forced onto a strategy that no one else was on, and it ended up being the strategy that, that won the race. So. Um, there was a lot of drama, ran out of fuel on the last lap. Um, my strategist and car co-owner at the time, Brian Herta, kind of had this philosophy that we were going to do this, and no one believed we could make it happen, and, and we did. So it was a pretty pretty cool story for the 100th running. Yeah, indeed. All right. Um, things with the roof. What have you raced with the roof on it? Uh, a prototype for, for Acura. Oh, that's Penske. just like these that's things. exactly like this. So. Yeah, that, that's it. Um, so I did 24 hours of Daytona and Sebring yeah. this year, which was kind of the first time in a closed cockpit. Um, yeah. So with 161 laps to go, and you're going to be going, is this, is this as long as it goes? Yeah. Um, every every lap out there, you know, you're getting more used to things. Um, it's just a lot, a lot to take in in a short period of time. But I think, 
you know, the, the whole walking challenge at a United team has been great with helping James and I get up to, to some level of speed. And um, day two today is, is a, I think it's going to be a big step forward. You know, yeah. always I feel like when guys have time to sleep on things and come back the next oh, day, I know. Yeah. it gets yeah. a lot better. So uh, fingers crossed that, that that comes true today. Yeah, indeed. Um, obviously, uh, the uh, Winton test was cut short. Mm-hmm. But uh, it wasn't a dramatic one, and lots of other blokes have uh, yeah. backed him in and things like that. I think that. it was a surprise for all of us. I don't know necessarily that, that it needed to be cut short, but because it was an extra car and there was a lot of kind of commercial opportunity riding on this weekend um, with, with Napa Auto Parts Australia coming on board and everything, they, yeah. they wanted to make sure everything was right. But, yeah, as you said, I mean, it was, it was about a 15-kilometer-an-hour yeah. So it's a yeah. little strange that, that things yeah. ended the way they did. But ultimately, I think it was good in, in a sense that James and I got two days in. We got through all of the, the main procedural stuff, pit stops, driver changes, starts, um, got to a new tire run. So like in terms of the knowledge we were looking to achieve, it was good. Yeah. Day three was going to be a lot of kind of qualifying sims and everything. So ultimately, it's, it's not that big of a deal. But still... Um, you know, every every lap in a in a supercar is, is, is important. The the only real common denominator is that um, you got a V eight and you have got four wheels and a steering wheel. The method of changing gears, um, your brakes probably very different feel. Yep. Um, and the aero is obviously massively none, different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, but if you talk, you, I don't know if you've seen these stories. Yeah. You know, Will Davison talking like it's a GD three across the top yeah. compared to in prior years. years. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's there. You're exactly right. There's an engine and four wheels. That's about the only similarities. Yeah. Um, you know, the the basic philosophy of driving a race car remains true, right? Yeah. Racing lines, you know, corner approaches and and entry speed versus exit speed. That's all the same. It's just achieving that um, at a place where there's no margin for error, really. So, you know, if we look at the bottom section of of this track. James and I are actually really competitive because it's areas where we can we can challenge the limit. If we overstep, there's really no penalty. Yeah. You just go through the dirt or whatever and you carry on. Whereas when you get everywhere from kind of out of the cutting to forest elbow, it's if you make a mistake, it's potentially an, a weekend ender, right? Yeah. So when we're 20% away from the limit of the car, we have to step through it in, a, in 1% and 2% increments. We can't just take a big chunk out of it and go wide yeah. and run through the dirt, right? So that's that's been the biggest challenge. If we look at our time loss, it's all at the top of the of the mountain, yeah. and trying to figure out how to how to extract the time in a in a methodical manner. Yeah. Um, just let's keep on dealing with the car. Sure. Um, the ergonomics of it are obviously yep. just totally different. You've never yep. had anything like it before. Yep. Um, they've spent a lot of time in the last few years in centralising the seat, mm-hmm. um, which I mean. DTM cars are even more centralised sure. than, than this. Is that all sort of work for you when you're sitting in the car? Can you see enough? Can you yeah. determine the width? And- yeah, I mean, I think you get to a certain level of, of racing. We've been doing this long enough that you yeah. adapt to your spatial yeah. awareness. It's not that big of a deal. Shifting with your left hand is fine. Um, yeah, it's it's that's really not been a, 
a problem for, for either of us, I don't think. Yeah. One of the things I learnt about my potential driving, and I yeah. was never planning to be a driver, sure. but I learnt that I can actually cope with the high-speed stuff okay, and okay. I've driven uh, you know, BMWs at yep. 250Ks plus, but it's the slow-speed stuff. Yeah, the technique. It's getting the yeah. sequence mm-hmm. of the brake, the, the change, the yep. position on the road, and those sure. things. And every so often I'd go with the driver, and guys like Mark Scaife, yep. and a guy from... Uh, John Faulkner and a few other guys over the years. Neil Crompton's driven me around New okay. Zealand Fantastic. in the wet on slicks. These are some good guys you got to ride with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Crompton, Crompton took me, we were at Pukukoi, which is a very fast corner. Yeah, I know it, yeah. And, um, <laughs> and we're coming around and we been sort of second lap and he was driving a, a Wayne Gardner Coke Commodore, Coca-Cola Commodore and, um, and we're sort of like this and he says, I think we'll go in now. But yeah. it's it's the sequence of normally the slow driving. And now there aren't any slow bits here. Right. There's no. I mean, you've only got a hairpin sort of either end sort of thing. Yeah. But the car at, at slow speed, you've been at Winton. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the car at slow speed is very similar to an Indy car, right? Right. For okay. for us uh, in, in in Indy cars, you know, the slow speed corners, the car is very long. It's a long wheelbase. Yeah, yeah. For an open wheel car, it's pretty heavy. So. Its time is kind of in the third to sixth gear corners is where it makes a lot of its lap time compared to, you know, a, a lower formula car. Yep. But the slow speed is actually quite um, lazy and tedious. So, honestly, it feels very similar to this. So, for yeah. us, like I said, the, the, the slower speed section of this track, I think we're fairly competitive. The biggest yep. thing to get used to is just the weight transfer is a bit more. So, yeah. you got to be a bit more patient with it. Um but that's been pretty easy to get used to. It's more just what the car can take from yep. a high-speed perspective yeah. and, and what you can get away with. Yeah, okay. Um, let's just talk about Bathurst now, the yep. track. Um, you'd seen it, obviously, on, on uh, sure. video games. Yeah. Um, was, well, watch the race. I mean, ever since I've been kind of in a level of understanding professional racing, like I, I try and watch the big events, and uh, this is, in my mind, one of the, the six biggest races in the world. So it's something I've been very aware of. Loved watching kind of clips. I've never watched the full race, uh, honestly, but like watching the clips after the weekend. And yeah. I remember the first time I saw um, Scott's 203 lap. I watched it probably 20 times back in 2015. Was it 16? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "That's that's impressive." Like, I would love to be able to have a shot at, at going and doing that. So, um, this has been a, a race and a series I've been very aware of. Um, one of my really good friends is, is Richie Stanaway. Yep. Um, so, are you a GP too? Well, we lived together in England for, oh, for four years, so okay. he's one of my, my best buddies, so kind of hearing his stories about this series and championship and everything and, and the level of talent um, and, and his kind of discussion of this track um, incentivized me even more to get here this year. Oh, okay. When did the conversations first start about coming? It started really when, when Michael became a, a co-owner of the team Oh, um, back in, I guess, early 18, um, and that was... Uh, when it, when it was announced, I immediately, the next time I saw him, I was like, well, so I get to do Bathurst, right? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, okay, I, I remember there were some rumors floated around last year. Yeah, we were talking about it last year, but ultimately, you know, the, the whole team was kind of going through a restructure process, and they had a lot of things they had to deal with. Yeah. So um, it wasn't really, the timing wasn't right last year. But this year, um, you know, we were able to start the, the kind of program to make it happen pretty early. And the big uh, thing that really helped push it across the line was, was Napa 
coming on board. And now they you sponsored IndyCars. They're they're the twenty seven car sponsor. It's not my personal sponsor. It's oh. the team sponsor oh, of it? Andretti oh, Autosport. Okay. But yeah, they've been on my car since twenty sixteen. Oh right. And um, yeah, so it, it was really cool to have that kind of come full circle as they're expanding here in Australia and opening more stores. And uh, it's great to have the blue and yellow car, a twenty seven on track here, and and, and the kind of. Um, What's the word? Uh, correlation between here and, and the States. Well, you know which car to walk to on the grid. Exactly. Know? I don't get. I just get in the wrong side sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's obviously another thing. For sure. Have you driven on the road here at all? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I drove from Sydney. It's not that big a deal. No, no, no. I agree. As I was thinking, I was saying to somebody that the biggest problem. And I nearly had a crash when I was visiting Andretti. Yeah. Perry Kappa. Do you know? No. Uh, he's an, he was an engineer okay. with you guys and. Uh, I went and visited your uh, indie workshops, okay. and I remember there was a one corner back, yep. and I just pulled up, because the, there were no other cars around. And you just go on the left side. Yeah, well, no, I went the wrong side. Where yeah. am I? Where am I supposed to be? Because yeah. with no one else to give you a... For sure. Yeah. A reference, yeah. Um, the track itself, I mean, I remember talking to people, and I went to Laguna Sake. I've been there a couple of times. Um, um, you know, Laguna is a fantastic track, mm-hmm. but there's not the sequence that you have no. across here. No, I mean, I, I guess that's... One of the main comparisons here, or Laguna, Spa, I mean, Macau, you can kind of draw some You drew Macau? I've not, but I've, oh. I've obviously watched I, I was it. described to me by James Courtney yeah. and Adrian Burgess as, um, instead of trees, you've got buildings. That's it. Right. So, um, the, the track that I've driven on this most similar is probably, probably Laguna, and it's, it's, one, it's one corner at Laguna, the corkscrew, obviously, which yeah. is very iconic, but it's... it's it's one corner, whereas yeah. here you have a sequence of like seven that are all down the hill. So it's it's very unique and very different. And, and I have to say, it's probably the most challenging track that I think I've ever been on. So fantastic! Um, We're very proud of it. Yeah, yeah, no, as you should be. And it's amazing, not only the track but like the experience. Have right? you ever heard of a guy called John Cleland? No. Okay, he was British touring car champion. Wonderful man. Yeah. And car dealer, and he's sure. lots, lots of mouth and lip. And yeah. he used to do the two liter and the five liter. Okay. Very controversial back in the nineties. Sure. And um, I was in a press conference, sitting as close as this. Yeah. To, to him, and I sort of said, um, John, tell me the description between two liter and five liter. It was a two liter press conference, sure. and he sort of looked around like, well, should I say something or yeah. not? And he said, well, in a, a two liter car, you get on one side of the mountain, you chuck it to the other side. Right. In a five liter car, every corner is about to be an accident. For sure, yeah, and, uh, yeah. it's very um, unique like that. I, I'd love to talk to you after the weekend. Sure. As I said, I'm not, and I'm not pissing in your pocket and saying yeah. I think you've done a fantastic. You and and James have done a fantastic yeah. job to be down three point four because this is not a place where you can just go. Yeah. Oh, you got that track sorted. Yeah, yeah, we'll be we'll be less than that today. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I, Significantly, I, no, I think. Yeah, no hesitation. Um, I, I'd love to see any cars come back. I don't wish they were on a better track than Service Paradise. Yeah. There's an opportunity for you to drive a, a big open wheeler here, Tail and Bend. Do you know that track? I do not. It's 100 k's out of um, Adelaide. Okay. It's it's one of those places where they put racetracks. The world is so boring out there. Yeah. The wind goes double fast it's to true. get out of it. Yeah. Big new open track. It's it's a wonderful big track. Yeah. And there's going to be running this new Formula 5000. Yeah, interesting. And, and um, I spoke to Kenny Smith about that. Why don't you get uh, Scotty Dixon? Because Kenny was... Of his, course. Yeah. yeah. So why don't you get Scotty? It's a good idea. To yeah. Get Will as well. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. We'll it's have a whole IndyCar race down here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it'll be fantastic. Actually, fantastic. Wonderful. Well, thank you for your time, Alex. Pleasure. I look forward to uh, maybe a chat on Sunday night. Sure. Or Sunday Figure afternoon. it out. Um, have you got any more time here in Australia? You, 
No, I, I go straight back uh, Monday, and then I'm testing uh, on Tuesday, so, so straight on. Well, one thing I was going to ask you about was the aero bubble, the new... I have not seen it in person, so right, okay. I have nothing to really say yet. Yeah. Well, once, once I drive it, yeah. Uh, James, has he had a... He's not, uh, no. I know a couple guys that have... Yeah, yeah, I, I realize it was a very limited test. There's only, there's only two of them. I honestly haven't seen it yet. I don't yeah. know, until I drive it. I, I, I mean... Halo coming sort of thing is is obviously every formula in the world is going to have it. Yeah, no, there's there's head protection coming in every series. It's just everyone's going to have different requirements for us with ovals. It's obviously very unique to, to IndyCar racing, so there's there's different demands. Um, but yeah, I don't know the pros and cons yet until I sit behind yeah. the wheel. So. Have you driven anything with a halo? No. No. Oh, it's interesting because obviously the five thousand had it. Yeah. And you know, young drivers who have not done a lot of open wheel driving but have done some and then yeah. suddenly plop in they said within five minutes yeah, I'm sure it's gone it's like anything yeah. yeah A's and B pillars and cars exactly. cool. Alex thank you Wonderful. so much for your time my pleasure I greatly Absolutely. appreciate it so I'm here on pit lane wall it's Bathurst morning matter of uh, an hour and a half to race start we'll just take this moment just to look there's obviously been developments Phil I mean, you've, you've had a terrific week. Yep. Um, Will and Alex have uh, certainly uh, put the car up there and as a contender. Yep, they've done um, well. Yeah, yeah, so uh, I hope you have a great day. Thank you. Um, but I just want to talk briefly and get your opinion as a, well, no longer a single car owner because you're now part of a group of four. Yep. You're in a strong, sound position, um, and you know what it's like to be a single car owner, though. Yes. Yep. Tell us about now being part of the Tickford group. Yep, I think um, being a part of the bigger groups, it, it makes it a lot easier for everyone, for myself, for the driver, for the crew. Um, there's more people to to um, bounce things off and discuss different ch- tactics that we might have. It's great for the drivers. Will loves being involved with more people than he loves more people around him in uh, in that space. So the drivers sit down in the trailer, talk about things. Yeah. Uh, actually, this year we put them all in the one house um, up here at Bathurst for the simple reason they can all chat yeah. amongst themselves and, and, and sort of spend that time. But, um, yeah, as a single-car team, it's very, very tough. It's just so hard, and, and I think the biggest part of that is I don't think you see too many single-car car teams right up the pointy end of the field. You know, um, I think uh, for, for myself, it's been a great move. It, it, it shares that load of the responsibility across four cars, uh, Tickford have been absolutely fantastic. Tim Edwards and Rod Nash have just been amazing to work with. Um, I've had a long-standing friendship with, with uh, Rod, so yeah. that, that makes it a bit easier, I guess, in that sense. And, uh, and this year's been great. Will's done a great job. The team, the boys have come together at the right time of the season. Will's peaking at the right time of the season. So let's hope today it's uh, a good outcome. OK, and obviously the technical liaison and, and the actual access, access to all those technical things makes it damn sight easier to you know keep your car up the front absolutely yeah, yeah. When, when we're down the other end if we had an issue with something or the setup wasn't right on the car by the time the boys ran you know 26 garages to get up the front here to ask a question then run back again you know you've lost four or five laps okay all right uh, one of the things i'm interested in because obviously in the last week since we've been up here at bathurst has been broken news about techno uh, moving to sydney um and they're going up to a two-car team I've spoken about Steve Webb and Rod Salmon and and other people involved in the process. It's obviously uh, a big investment by the New South Wales government um, and they have bigger issues at at play here. Um, I I assume that you'd believe it was just good for the series to have that happen. I think it's fabulous for the series to happen. I mean, um, South Australia were trying to do the same thing to get a team to 
um, set up in South Australia. And if I didn't have so many kids, um, I reckon uh, I reckon I would have done it. I would have put my hand up and said, I'll move to South Australia. But I think it's a great thing for the sport to, 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 to spread us out around the country. I yeah. mean, the fans, absolutely. Look at today. I yes. just finished a lap with um, Will and Alex on the back of a Mustang and I couldn't believe the fans and the amount of people here. Yes. And uh, the support is in a really good spot at the moment. Uh, the sport is in a great spot. It's, it's um, especially days like this, weekends like this, where it just shows you how much of an effort it is. And the fans love it. To have someone who's local in South Australia or New South Wales or Melbourne, you know, is, is great for the fan base. Uh, are you telling me that the crowd, you looked around at Bathurst, it's a good-looking crowd. Well, they've still got their jackets on because it is cold. It is a bit cool. It's not yeah. cold, it's just cool. Cool. <laughs> Says a man wearing a T-shirt. Or That's right. But it's sunny. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Um, it, there's interesting developments. Um, obviously, only in the last weeks, I think you'd say, um, news that the 21 proposed changes to uh, sub regs or regulation of the series are now going out to 22. That's obviously designed to try and encourage you know, more manufacturers on board. Yeah, I think. Look, I think. Um, it, it's a really tough one. Um, I think with the debacle this year of the, of the you know, not not getting things right with the aero packages uh, on the cars, the Mustangs um, certainly... Um, Ford went an except, an exceptional job of developing a great car. Yeah. And uh, nothing against um, anyone else, but the issues here were... We were in, within the rules of it. Yeah. The debacle that's happened since and the changes that keep happening to it, I think at the start of the year everyone should have stopped, gone back, reset, had a look at everything. Uh, and I think what happens is it, it, it just it makes everyone a bit cautious, I think, you know, that if a new manufacturer comes in or someone else comes in, how's that going to play out with us here? You know, what are we going to do to them? Are they going to get it right? Um I think, look, I, I would love to see more manufacturers in. I think it's fabulous having Holden and Ford in here. Ford is so supportive. I mean, I, I, as most people would know, I've been a Holden man all my life. But yeah. certainly, you know, the Ford, I, I, I love the Fords now. I've got quite a few Fords. Um, but Ford is so supportive of the category. And I think it's a good thing. It should, should go well for other, you know, maybe go well for other uh, manufacturers to come along and, and have a look at it. We just need to get it right at the start. When we build a new car... It's, everything's got to be signed off and that's the end of it. Yeah. Um, I believe, and it's, it's only rumour at the moment, that uh, uh, Nissan, uh, the uh, Kellys, are going back to two cars next year and that um, it's likely they're going to change to uh, Mustangs. And if that's the case, then uh, I don't think we've seen eight Fords on the grid for quite a long time. I don't think we have either. <laughs> and I don't think, that, I think the Kellys don't have much of an op- option, uh, op- option, I guess. Um, with Nissan not being in the sport anymore, yeah. uh, and this year certainly um, it would have been hard for them to change everything over. Um, it'd be interesting to see how that plays out, whether they go to a two-car team or whether they stay as four, um, and what they, what manufacturer they go with. Obviously, I think you know it, it, it appears that it might be a, a Mustang, but you know who knows? Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously that's going to come out because uh, in only another six days, of course the uh, yeah, entries are yeah, correct. So. Yeah. We'll see that. Yep. Well, thank you very much, Phil. Phil Monday of uh, 23 Red, Milwaukee Racing. Thank you. Best of luck on the day. Thanks, and I'm, I'm sure it's not just luck, it's good management will yeah, get you there. it is. Yep. So, good on you, mate. Thanks. Thank you. After the break, we'll be hearing from a couple of Andretti IndyCar mechanics, Jason and George, who are going to give us their views on 
Life Down Under with a Touring Car. And our post-Bathurst final thoughts for Inside Supercars this week with Craig Ravel and Tony Whitlock. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. And, you know, every, every year I see Jackie Stewart at the Grand Prix and I just remind myself of, of his part in, in starting the, the path to safer cars. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion. Jack Brabham certainly left his mark not only on Australian motorsport but motorsport all around the world. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. Welcome to Inside Supercars. Here we are with a couple of Andretti Spanners. All the way from the USA to uh, little old Bathurst, Mount Panorama, we've got Jason Weatherford and George Solansky. Close. Close, close, <laughs> close enough. Close enough to go. Tell us first, Jason, what's your job in America on the Andretti team? Uh, on the IndyCar team, I look over the uh, gearbox department and some assembly. Okay. So That's uprights and brakes. And uprights, uprights and uh, mainly gearboxes, okay. transmissions. All right. And George? I'm a mechanic on the number 98 Marco Andretti's IndyCar. Okay. Built okay. the front half of the car. And Which is bolt-in, bolt-outs, repair, damage, yes. all that sort of yes. stuff. Okay, now you've come down to Australia here, and they haven't given you an open wheeler. They haven't even given you a thing that knows what a Delara is. Yeah. You know, something made in France by Peugeot originally, you know. You've not worked much on things with roofs on them? Not, not with roofs, no, but I've done some sports cars in the past, yes, okay. for sure. And, and similar. Le- yeah, similar. You, you, fortunately, you, you don't have to lean down as far or, you know. Well, I, I'm not used to spending so much time laying on the ground as <laughs> we do on the, you know, on the IndyCar side, so yeah. that, that's been a little bit of adjustment. And, and you, George? Uh, just working around all the bodywork. Okay. Um, Is that your specialty sort of thing normally, or? No, normally like suspension and... Yeah. Steering right. systems and driver controls. Okay. Yeah. I didn't like working on touring cars, which I did occasionally. And I didn't for the simple reason that they had all these panels in the way. You always had to take things off to get to things. Yeah. You're finding that very different, I imagine, Jason. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's a lot different. I mean, there's not so much... We don't have to take that much body work off just to do general maintenance, but, you know, like we went in the sand earlier and we had to pull the front bar off, clean it out. You know, that's a bit different for us, for okay. sure. Okay. But. All right. Is this your first visit to Australia, by the way? No, no. My first visit was uh, 1999 with CART. Okay. And so I finished out there with CART and on to Champ Car until 2008 when IndyCar came back again. So. Yeah. Yeah, a bit of fun up in the Gold Coast. Yeah, it's a bit of fun. A little yeah. warmer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little warmer. Yeah. Not quite as wild and woolly. And your first trip, George? Uh, it's the first time working here. I took a holiday in Sydney a couple of years ago, but that's, okay. that's it. It's a different side of the world. Different yeah. side of the world. Now, pit stops, they're very different to what you do back home normally. It's very similar. Um, you know, like F1, they've got, what, three guys per tire now? Yeah. So that's that's a bit extreme. We have one guy per tire, and it's kind of the same way here, unless yeah. we're changing brakes, and then the rear guy will come up and assist or whatever. Yeah. And the fueling system here, that seems to work okay for you? Yeah, I mean, we've... We've not had any experience with it, so, you know, race day will be our first time around this fueling system as far as the race fueling goes. Okay. Um, it's similar to what we use. It's a lot slower. Um, what our fuel stops take? Eight seconds? About eight seconds. Yes. About eight seconds. Yeah. So it's considerably slower, but it's just different racing. Different. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, um, and of course, you've not probably done brake changes during a race. 
No, we've never. I've never done that. That's a new one yeah. for me. Yeah. Okay. Do you guys own that, or was somebody else? Yeah. George is on brakes. I'll yeah. be doing the rotor changes. Okay. Changes. I'm doing driver changes. Um, you're two guys, nice and slim guys. At least you haven't got a big bloke landing on top of you. you know? Yeah, but they're a bit different in size, so you know they got to add padding, take padding out okay. when they swap seats and whatnot. They're guys you both know quite well, or you know you yeah. work with one of them. But well, Hinch drove for us years ago. Yeah. Um, so we know him from then. Yeah. Yeah. He's a bit of a different tool. He, he's a he's a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not being derogatory. I'm no, just, no, no, no. You know, but, um, okay. Um, have there been anything that's really surprised you in the way it's done here in Australian motor racing? Uh, I can't think anything really sticks out. Can you? It's totally different. No, it's mainly just the little differences. Yeah. One of the things I really respect about American racing, as compared with European, is that it's the attitude of trying to get a competitor on the track. Rather than saying those wheels are illegal... You say, look, I know someone's got over there's got some right wheels. You can probably do a good deal to get them. Yeah. Which has been the way in the past that hasn't happened in Australia like that. It was far, far more the French, European, European English way. way. For sure. Yeah. And you know that's wrong. Can't do it. Yeah. And slowly but surely, it's sort of coming round to. And because supercars are on their own tech department, that it's meaning that you know it's how do we keep the cars on the track? Now that's something that would probably fit more with what you're used to working with. Yeah, yeah. Our schedule's a lot tighter, so you know to keep the cars running. And a lot of times we have what two day turnarounds between events, so it's just your one event then the next. So we don't have the time to, you know, strip a chassis and rebuild it, kind of like we did after the test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. I was very impressed with. Uh, I went to Laguna Seca and uh, Sonoma, um, and watching the way in which. Um, the tech department, I mean, you, you guys measure a lot of stuff with yeah. your cars. I mean, that's a very complete checkover sort of thing. All they do is keep narrowing the window down to bend the rules. So, <laughs> yeah, so we look anywhere we can. Um, and one, one of the other things that's very impressive um, is not so much the way the paddock, because our paddocks are very different. Your cars move all the time. Yeah. Ours don't. You're, yeah. you got there, you're there for four days, five yeah. days. Um I, I love the way the trucks are parked up, and when you're multi-car teams and you have multi-trucks, yeah. that's just fantastic. Yeah. Well, I wish you both having a, a great weekend. Yeah. Um, I think Alex and uh, James have been doing an absolutely fantastic job to get down to 2.9 or something in a track like this with a car they don't know. Yeah. It's a lot for them to learn. Yeah, yeah, I would like to come. I hope they come back next year because I think I would like to do it again, yeah. wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm I'm yeah. really pleased to hear that, yeah. and I I hope so as well. Oh, it's a fun experience. I mean, the great thing is that um, uh, you know when the series actually went to not allowing mainstream drivers like Windcup and Lowndes back because Lowndes is no longer a full time driver. Yeah, they won three years in a row, and I've been saying for years before that stop allowing them because you, all you're doing is narrowing the number of winners. Yeah. Instead of having, you know, 14 cars or 15 cars when you Larry down to five or six. Yeah. And it was finally, they said, oh, yeah, I think we'll change the rules. Oh, great. But now at least we get this chance with wild cards and it means that it goes on the international radar. People are watching. You've seen Bathurst Thousands in the past and I imagine you've seen there's some pretty crazy stuff. <laughs> yes. Very yeah. Well, the, I have the track's to... impressive for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It does uh, did you walk around it? No, we rode around it in a ute. Um, it was raining the day we got here. Oh, okay. and we, we got a lap around it, though. But we yeah. did get to see it, so that, yeah. was, that was good. Yeah, well, that's terrific. Yeah, TV it's... doesn't do it justice, for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, thank you so much for joining us on Inside Supercars, and we uh, look forward to seeing you back again. Okay. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. The final thoughts on this week's race. I'm actually going to leave it with Wayne McLaughlin, because I was fortunate enough to talk to him 
before the race and you spoke to him after the race. And as the winningest driver of the year, by quite some margin, he's now in fact called Benchmark, not Scott McLaughlin. And uh, it's just a fascinating insight into a young man who is uh, really quite something different. I'm with Wayne McLaughlin in Scotty's motorhome and it's race morning at Bathurst. And just want to have a brief chat about, as I think, your son has almost had a name change because he's no longer Scott McLaughlin, he's Benchmark. <laughs> he is the Benchmark in the category. That's very kind. No, well, you know, there's no one else has been doing what he's done for 20 years. Nah, he's, he's, do, he's certainly dominating, he's understanding the car for sure, understanding the team. He's got the team behind him. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's obviously something that's happened because all throughout his career he jumped in the car from the first time whether it was that very first Gary Rogers car at uh, Homebush, um, all the way through uh, Commodores and Volvo, and now the Falcon and our Mustang. I, th- I think, um, in fairness to Scotty, I think he's very dedicated to his cause. He understands where he's come from and he, he understands where he wants to be. And I think um, nothing will stand in his way, you know, and whatever it takes to get himself there. He'll, he's very disciplined on himself. No one's any harder on himself than what Scotty is. And I think it's that discipline that's paying off, you know. He sees the determination in Diane and I and what we've achieved in our business life. And, and I've always said to him, mate, you are a business. And um, every successful business is built around customers. And your customers are your fans. You look after your fans, the business will come to you. Yeah, and, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, one of the things that makes him stand out also is the fact that he doesn't have an intensity about him. In other words, you know, there are drivers out there, and I'm not going to name them, but they, the, yep. they unfortunately don't learn to unwind, and they just wind up and wind up. Will Powell used to be like it. I remember when he drove with Lyco here all those years ago, and I said, keep a doctor nearby, Lyco, because the kid's heart's going to but, but Scott doesn't have that. He, he knows how to relax on it. And, he's, and that, that you contribute to Diane, you know, to, to, to my wife, Scotty's mum. You know, like, he, she's got a, a very calm personality and, and it certainly shows in Scotty's personality he's just, a, um, I think Greg Murphy explains it the best really, he says you know the guy just doesn't get rattled you know he just, he just he's a quiet assassin you know okay. yeah. alright, um, thank you very much and uh, we'll catch up with you again soon thank you you spoke to Tony earlier in the day I catch up with you now and your son's taken out a batch of the victory. Yeah. How do you feel? Oh, super proud and um, feel like, I've, you know, the box has been ticked, you know, like a lot of big champions been in, around this touring car championship and never actually managed to get a Bathurst. And, well, you know, our family, Di and I and the family, we firmly believe that, you know, the mountain chooses you and it didn't come down to the last lap, but that mountain chose them today, you know, both him and Alex and the team, you know, the very polished team and... Very special to see Scotty and Alex get it together. They've been there, you know, they've they've had a go six times and, you know, they've been teammates since way back in 2012 and Alex is a very special friend to the family and um, will be a lifetime friend for many of us and, uh, yeah, first Frenchman to do it and so a lot of boxes ticked, yeah, very proud. Very, can't, probably won't sink in for a few days, I don't reckon, but um, but we'll certainly, um, you know, we'll, we'll enjoy it anyway and, 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 you know, yeah, just... It'll, it'll sink in and yeah yeah. well thanks very much and nah, uh, congratulations it. yeah thank you very much your final thought Greg my final thought is Alex Premer is the first international since Jackie X to win and I thought the best way to uh, acknowledge the fact is to have Alex answer the question of what does it mean to win Bathurst 
in his native tongue, French. Ouais, super. Je suis super content d'avoir gagné batteur. Je suis le premier Français à gagner à batteur. C'est vraiment quelque chose d'extraordinaire. Euh, surtout que ça faisait des années qu'il n'y avait pas un Européen qui a gagné cette course. Donc vraiment fantastique. Le, le team a, a délivré vraiment un effort extraordinaire avec Scott, avec le team. Euh, on a fait un sans faute ce week-end et euh, on est super content d'avoir gagné. Euh, surtout euh, avec euh, DJR Team Penske, Dick, jo Dick Johnson, ça faisait 25 ans qu'il n'avait pas gagné cette course donc avec son team. Depuis la, 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 la United avec, euh, avec Penske, DJR Team Penske euh, les quatre dernières années, on a réussi à donner cette victoire à Roger, ce qui lui manquait sur son palmarès. Maintenant il lui reste plus que les 24 heures du monde, donc on verra euh, si un jour il le fera et tout. Mais... Super content, donc extraordinaire. So, thanks for listening to Inside Supercars. We hope you enjoy the show and look forward to catching up with you prior to the Gold Coast. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars.